Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the latest instalment of the True Blue podcast here for the Chester Chronicle. Uh, it's a bit of a special one today because um, joined by Academy head coach Callum McIntyre and scholars James Cottrell, Dion Jones and Ben Gale after their stunning success in the National Alliance Under-19s Cup quarter-finals yesterday at Romford. Um, but it's just another... Uh, well, another, per- you know, another perfect day for you guys. I mean, what you achieved in terms of... Uh, the academy side. I mean, it's keeping everyone's everyone's chins up and doing what is a very difficult time for this football club. But Callum, come to you first of all. Yesterday, I mean, what does that just explain that in terms of to everyone who's listening, what that means for this football club? What kind of achievement is that, and everything about everything about yesterday? It was. Um, it's massive for us to obviously progress in the competition. Um, it's a competition we target at the start of the season, the National League Alliance Cup that we gained entry to through entering the National League Alliance League, which obviously we have had a bit of success in this season as well. So we made the last four. Ultimately, it's it's all your National League sides, your National League North and below, um, all around the country that will ultimately have a full-time programme. Um, any clubs that are still members of the Football League Alliance don't enter, so you find it's, it's dominated by Southern sides, I think similar to the National League. Yeah. For us to be in the last four of the competition is... A testament to our players in terms of the quality that they have, but nobody gave us a chance yesterday. You look at the logistics of that fixture. We left Chester at quarter to seven in the morning. I think some of our boys found out that there were hours before seven a.m. that they can get out of bed. Long day. Um, we were really grateful of the support. We had a sponsor, Marion and John Needham, paid for our team bus. We stopped for a pre-match meal, funded by Alan Case. Uh, Rainbow Slush sponsored a kit. Romford played in blue and yellow. All the the logistical difficulties that you can imagine in a game of football for us to even put a team out there volunteer staff taking a day off work um, and we were really good at what we were good at yesterday so for us to be in the last four in the country and we can play Boreham Wood who are probably the most established programme um, at this level Halifax Town who are well resourced set up in terms of their youth academy or Hastings United which in, in typical Chester fashion we'll have to play them away on a Thursday morning um, and <laughs> we can set off at midnight but I was delighted for everyone involved yesterday that Hey, we did it. We we had to do it on our own to some extent, but I was um, I was delighted for the boys and and the opportunity to be in the last four of the cup. I mean, we see the success that comes through. You know, it just seems like win after win after win. Explain in terms where Chester sit. I mean, because you mentioned it's national league sides um, with established academies. Whereabouts does Chester sit in all that? Is it a case of you guys are punching well above your weight? It's a hard one, isn't it? So our players are certainly the group that we currently have and I think I'll come on shortly I imagine to our, our new scholars group our under 17s we have football league quality players our under 17s group the potential in, in there is to do something really special in terms of what they'll do at youth level but how many that will actually progress to the first team because they are the amount of faith I've got in them as a group to what they'll achieve is, is stunning we are a huge football club 
you know that and, and I regularly repeat what, what a type of football club we are and I think you saw that yesterday the support we had in deepest darkest East London from our, our Chester exiles from, from those that travelled down to support us but it's about resources so who are we competing with in terms of a production line it's the clubs in the North West which there are some huge football clubs on our doorstep that we compete with at academy level more than anything else financially we're punching well above our weight financially what we're able to, to produce the academy is 87% self-funded that is sponsorships that is subscription fees that is sponsored walks I'm going to plug that as many times as I can I'm sure Yeah. Um, we punch well above our weight in terms of how we do it our resources compared to clubs that I think traditionally you describe as smaller football clubs and that's in no way to be disrespectful but football clubs that perhaps don't have the tradition and the history that we have and the background that, that we, we'd boast about um, we shouldn't compete with them we, we shouldn't be in the last four in the country in a, a knockout cup competition when you have programmes because for us it, it's our maiden year it's the first time we've combined a full time training programme with an education programme there's always going to be teething problems there's always going to be difficulties in our first year we shouldn't be doing what we're doing but it is a testament again to the, the quality of player because why should football league sides be any stronger than us and I, I look at the players I look at the recruitment I look at how we recruit and then develop those players and I go away really confident in terms of what they'll achieve I can't wait for the FA Youth Cup next year what those boys will do next season in terms of when they go up against league sides it'll be the normal stuff no one will give us a chance no one will take us seriously we'll have to talk about no bibs no balls no cones all that sort of stuff and I'm telling you that group of players are not a non-league group of players there is there's something in that group and when they come together what they achieve but we're, we're punching well above our weight certainly in year one of our scholars programme but the difficulties that we face I mean I probably invested as much time in putting a game of football on yesterday as I did preparing a team and I think we're on a competitive level where we don't get anywhere near the level of respect maybe the wrong word we're seen as a, a plucky team of coaches and a plucky team of staff that work really hard and have a passion for the football club so there was a scout report done on Romford yesterday before the game there were three sessions an on the ball session and an off the ball session and then refining the details on Monday that goes into producing a really really competitive outfit but a, a, a some good players along the way as well I mean, you mentioned about the Youth Cup next year. I mean, but I suppose if even taking into account first team matters as well, if fans are going to have to pick top five moments from the past 18 months, I'd hazard a guess that the Youth Cup game in the previous round were raised 12.5 grand after all the financial revelations broke. Were over a thousand people there. That's got to be right up there, as well as beating Bolton Wanderers last year. So it's just this seems to be the youth team at the moment is and everything's being done is of such importance to this football club in terms of keeping the momentum up and some air of positivity around it because given what's, given what's transpired you know, you'd know, you wonder where we'd be otherwise I mean, and that must be an element of pride for you guys I mean, because that is the one thing which Chester fans at the moment can hang their hat on and say you know what, we got in the youth bob on Strategically it now needs to become really important and I, I speak a lot about it can't become a buzzword um, people talk about identities players are good enough and I've sort of spoken in the last two weeks at great length of I was really fortunate to move to a full-time role two years ago and I was very clear about how we were going to do things and I was fortunate to have people that backed me at the time I think some brave decisions 
that perhaps from the outside were questioned have been rewarded in terms of the players that have been produced. It's no fluke. There is now a strategy, a structure, a process that goes into producing players for the first team at Chester Football Club. When, I'm not allowed to talk about Sam, but when we sold Sam in the summer, I was really clear and excited and delighted because everyone knows what I think about him on the pitch and off it. He was going to be the first one, not the last one. We were not going to be the club that produced Sam Hughes. Sam Hughes was going to be the first of a long line of players. And I'm telling you they're there. And I, I say that to supporters. I've said it publicly. I've said it in the press. Our football club is different and has to adopt a different model. The model for us is to develop these players. But there's a phrase used that you know needs some context offered to it. We will not sell an academy graduate for a six-figure fee every season. People need to understand the, the nature of the deal we did in the summer as a player that played 60 games taken the armband, scored various goals, you know what I mean, at centre-half and right-back, and was a key part of our eleven. Our model needs to be, when players progress, if there are players that are playing 18, 19 years old in the National League, football league clubs will express a real interest. We need to consistently move those boys on, and I think the model was always, you only need one sell-on fee. You need one sell-on fee to be cashed in, as it were. Mm. Um, and I think you see the benefits and that now has to be not on the periphery of what the football club do not as something that's spoken about with great passion it needs to be something that is delivered on and something that is trusted I'm quite clear in terms of the process as to how we do it and I hope I'm continue to be backed in that structure and with that strategy as to to how we do it because great time has been invested I, I reiterate that it's not a fluke we don't turn up and and hope that some good players land on our doorstep the recruitment that goes in from 9 to 18 makes us different the work that goes in we're so clear now as to what a first team player has to have the attributes both out there on the pitch and as people to succeed and I think you see that now um, we're really proud of how we do it and they were, we're brave enough to keep doing it our way I mean, you mentioned recruitment before. I mean, because a lot of lads who've come to the football club have been elsewhere. I mean, James Coxley, you were on the score sheet yesterday. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, explain, but what's kind of your background in terms of where have you been before? How's it all come around? What's your your story and your route to Chester? Yeah, so I was at Stoke City before I came to Chester, and um, I signed for Chester when I was fifteen. And it's mainly just to do with like the atmosphere of the club and everything about it that made me want to sign for the club was that opportunities to play in the youth team as a younger player and like um, it's easier probably to progress at this club than you you get more opportunities than at other clubs and so it was sort of that sort of factor from the staff and the people around the club that made me want to sign for it. And Is that, happy that one thing that plays a, a role because obviously you, you've been at Stoke and I'd imagine yeah. it, you know it's, it's a big football club and the chance of progression is far limited I suppose but mm-hmm. could, I mean I suppose you leave Stoke and you, you come to Chester. Did you have a lot of other options on the table or did you look at Chester and think, well, that's somewhere where there's a pathway where you, you, there's, there's clear examples of people who've gone on, like Sam, for instance, and Tom and James playing in the first team at the moment. Do you, does that factor into your thinking, thinking, well, there's a chance for me there to actually yeah. break through? There's always, like, uh, you're always thinking about other options that you can take, but, like, for me, it's like Chester's the best option, really. Um, it was it's a local club for me and I've just liked everything about it to be honest and I can see from what what we've done you know with Tom Crawford and James Jones that um, probably was the right decision so just happy that I'm here So where are you in your in terms of your own personal development now so if you were to look look at 18 months what would your future look like? 
well, hopefully it'd be to get a professional contract and be playing in the first team, but you know, that what what's what that's what I want to do, but wherever it happens we don't know, but that's what I'm striving for and hopefully just to play in the first team and then you don't know where where, where it leads from there, but that'll be the um the short term, long, like medium term goal, to be honest. So I, I don't know, you know, anyone who's ever met Callum and spent time with him knows he's a thoroughly engaging individual. Um, but you know, I, 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 you know, I get this impression of what kind of gaff you are, the last of you. But I want to know what these lads, these lads think of you. <laughs> I want to know what these lads think of you. Dio, what kind of what kind of gaffer is uh, is Callum? Be honest. Truthfully, <laughs> don't be too honest. <laughs> no. When I come in in the morning, it, you know you're never going to have a dull moment when he's around. He's always going to make it laugh. He's going to take piss out of you. But he's, o- he's, always, he's always there. He's always got your back. He always makes you laugh. And there's never a dull moment when, when Carl's about. No, I mean, but like in terms of it, uh, does that play a big part in like you guys? Because it does seem like there's a real like, team spirit and bonding. I, mean, I can tell about the fact you, you, you three lads sitting here as well, you know. But does that play a big part in it? Is that a factor as well? Because it's like almost a bit of a like a siege mentality, you know. Because everything's supposed to be against you. You're not supposed to be going toe to toe with all these teams, but you do. Does does that kind of come from Callum creating this yeah, kind of spirit Cal's around? Yeah, a massive group? part of our team bonding. Carl's like a part of what we do. He does all these team bonding sessions with us. Always like makes us stay about after training sessions to get with each other and have a laugh and that. And that, I think with the group that helps that brings us closer together and has like a connection. And we just take that onto the football pitch and do what we do and keep winning. And um, for you, Ben, I mean, is, is there uh, what where, where's, similar type of question? Why I posed to Jane, where do you see yourself? Because you're goalkeeper, right? Yeah, yeah. So like your the, the path is is different almost, isn't it? For some of these lads because it's. There's just that one one spot on a yeah. on a Saturday which which you can go for. I mean, what what kind of what kind of path do you have to follow? I mean, are you do you feel like this is this is the right place for you to thrive and come through and, and try and make an impact? Yeah, like um, obviously with what's happened with say Cross and James and that it is obvious that players can come through. Being a keeper, whether it's harder or easier, who knows? But I've just got to keep keep playing, keep doing what I'm doing. And hopefully, hopefully that pro contract will come. What's the serious side of Cal though? I don't know. We um, seen it a few times. When when we need to be serious, you know, he's he's on our backs. He's making sure we're in line. But you know, obviously, he loves he loves the banner. He loves the crap. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I um, when when games come around, you know, we do our work. We make sure we're set up and. Make sure everything's right. Yeah. If you, I'm going to pose a question here because I'm always intrigued to see what kind of person people, uh, what kind of uh, coach that players view their manager in a similar type of. If you were to pick a, a coach or manager that you think Callum represents, who would you pick personally? Jurgen Klopp. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. You're going for that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> In terms of he's animated, you know he's he obviously shows that he he loves what he's doing, and when he's winning, he's really involved in the celebrations and that. But he make he makes sure that you know what we do is we've done it, so it's always you 
and um, <clears throat> that it helps us. What about you, you dear? Yeah, when when we need to be serious, he's he's on our backs. But like, like in training sessions, like if you mess about when we're in a serious session, he tells you. But but that helps the session. That that gets us to where we need to be for the game on a Sunday afternoon. That uh, that gets us up, up and ready, prepared, and yeah. Who would you compare him to? Oof. I I'd put him under Jose Mourinho or Jurgen Klopp as Ben said. He's very, he's very defensive. Like, You've got to be pleased with this here. You've got to be pleased with this. Come on, top four gaffers here. We were, we were debating defending <laughs> this morning with regards to defensive approaches to games. Our goalkeeper questioned Jose's approach against Sevilla. Our goalkeeper told us that he didn't like defending, did he? He said, uh, what, what was the quote this morning, Ben? I'm more than happy to lose if we have fun, said our goalkeeper, who's had 21 clean sheets in 32 <laughs> games. So we love that one. Yeah, I like that one. Good boy, Neil. It's a good shout there. What about you, James? Uh, Jose Mourinho has always been the shout oh, yeah, Some good shouts here. And there. You've got to be pleased with this. This is this is an, an ego developing very quickly. Isn't I, th- it? I thought someone was going to throw in the uh, he's his own man. <laughs> Ian he's his own man. <laughs> yeah. I remember Jim Green put Ian Holloway in the press a few years ago, didn't they? Still get stick <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, But in, in terms of like the scholars, is something which is fairly new to the football club, isn't it? And, and that's all in full flow now, isn't it? You've got the space of the football club, which is huge you guys I suppose just give us an explainer Cal in terms of where how, how the scholars works and how important it is to have that base at the football club and how it all comes together and, and, and aids everything we do this year was mad in that we had we kept an under 18 group as well didn't we so our under 18s that you read about the youth team is a mix of eight under 18 players who will train for two evenings joined by the entire scholars group which is obviously 16 players it was it was a decision about the transition from part time to full time that it's wrong to potentially jeopardise players' education elsewhere and make the move that we would run the two programmes for one year and next year any player that's with us post sixteen is obviously full time. Yeah. So the way it works, the boys will study in the morning, uh, nine till eleven in the classroom, ten till twelve after a game they get the extra hour in bed and still manage to turn up at ten past ten. Not that eight, but shouldn't say that they're good timekeeping's developed as the season's gone on shall we say um, they will study predominantly a BTEC sport level 3 extended diploma so a university entry course yeah. some will do the, the level 3 subsidiary and some will be on a level 2 course depending on sort of how they progress through the GCSEs train in the morning an hour's lunch and hey, the boys touch on it I'm massive on that stuff I think again people will have a perception of me based on the fact I am a Chester boy I'm very proud of where I come from. I'm very proud of the football club. But I think because of that, the detail behind what we do sometimes gets hidden uh, and you can be seen as a passion merchant and someone that can produce players because they adore the football club. That is a big part of it in terms of how we try and inspire but probably doesn't play the most significant role in the development of a player. The hour lunchtime, as, as we alluded to before, is massive and we literally they have to eat together. Um, that's where the education on nutrition comes in. We've progressed from Tesco meal deals um, to uh, Kane Noble's mackerel. Is that good a, for you? A <laughs> Allegedly not. Not there's a, a, certainly no issues with Tesco. I'm not. Um, <laughs> 
Kane Noble's mackerel's gone down a treat this season, hasn't it, lads? Uh, Ethan Harrison always has something different for lunch, so it's, it's got exciting. But we create that atmosphere where it's, it's their space and we try and maximise the, the facilities at the ground. Andy Cummins, the, the catering manager, the bar manager, has topped draw with the lads in terms of facilitating them and making sure that he understands the bit of, hey, they need a bit of space. Um, they'll be playing darts. There seems to be footballs being lashed around the room at times. We go out and train normally uh, from about 12.30 till 2.15. Monday is a technical day and we sort of isolate try and do some unit work yeah. um, and have as much small group work one to one stuff with coaches Tuesdays is all about preparation when there's a game on a Wednesday if there isn't a game on a Wednesday in the National League we'll t- almost target that as a physical day but Tuesday it'll be we're clear about how we score goals goals don't just happen there is a process to scoring a goal is that a case of a strategy to force mistakes or actually how do you how do you score goals, how do you break teams down? And all we try and do on the Tuesday is refine that. If we've watched opposition we have the detail. As is alluded to, I, I love defending. I love nil against. Um I'm not really sure why, I just feel that's what I've been brought up on. Um so clean sheets are massive for us. We've been not lucky, because you make your own look fortunate enough that our recruitment has allowed us. It, ben Gale's been outstanding. It it does kill me to say it in this room with him. But that clean sheet return for a first-year goalkeeper playing under 18 and under 19 football is a joke. 21 clean sheets is a joke. Um, similarly, the back four in front of him across both sides reflect that tactically the work that we put in off the ball that can be tedious to deliver for them. Uh, and I recognise that that's probably the bulk of the work. So we we invest a great deal of time with that on a Tuesday. We play on a Wednesday. We, we've had the sort of year we've had the disco lights on after games. Uh, we invested heavily. What was it? Ten pound a man, lads, for a yeah. a boombox with a disco light speaker, which has become a bit of a trademark for the lads. And when we rock up at opposition venues, Thursday afternoon we'll film the game, we'll review it on a Thursday, and be clear. And Friday normally has been Friday fun day, um, where it's very much small sided games. We unleash Scott Hother, my assistant manager, with them. That's combined with evening sessions of Monday night that involves the second years which will again be technical, physical for boys that haven't played over the weekend. Friday night is all about preparing for a Northwest Youth Alliance game. We don't rip up shapes and change it every two minutes. We don't have wholesale changes. We don't we don't fall out with one another. And football's changing in terms of the approach from management, in my opinion. And you hear the boys talk about, they come in. You want the lads to enjoy coming in. You don't want there to be any fear. There's no fear of me. There's no fear of the staff. What they allude to is we do our work. What does our work look like technically on a Monday, tactically on a Tuesday or Friday night, physically the stuff that we put in place to ensure we have players that can meet the demands of the environment and the level to perform on a Wednesday and a Sunday to then progress. And I think that's the bit that sometimes get lost. But why should a player come in and and have that fear of failure? Why why should that player come in and and not recognise? Hey, he's at home. He's comfortable and I will always champion the youth boys as you know but I want them to be in an environment where they feel comfortable enough to express themselves on the pitch and off the pitch because you're growing young people as well and one thing I'm very proud of is those boys that have gone into the first team that are more in the public eye I'm very proud of how they've grown up as probably as proud as what they've contributed on the football pitch I mean and eventually the end game for all this is to you know all lads are part of this all dream of being you know making the first team wherever it be, whether it be Chester or wherever else you know eventually at some point down the line but you must be incredibly proud in terms of 
how that's looked so far. I mean, because it's no mean feat to get lads from that position into the first team environment. And on Sunday at Wrexham, you must have been delighted with how Sam Crawford and, and you know acquitted himself as well, and Matty Ward. So also, but I mean, I thought Tom especially there, kind of for an eighteen-year-old, it's a very big environment that, and it's not too far removed since Tom was in this same position that that, that James, uh, Dion, and Ben find themselves in. It's twofold. It is improving the player as an individual, recognizing the work that needs to be invested into their strengths. I.e., what are you going to be the best at? So we'll target a player and Nathan Brown, 1v1, unbelievable. James Jones, 1v1 defensively, can offer forwards, can almost afford himself a poor start position because of his athletic attributes, dominating it. Can you make them the best at what they're the best at? And that almost becomes their, their selling point. Then recognising the weakness within the individual and target that. That is the, the work of the coach to recognise the individual and, and how to progress them. What goes alongside that is producing an environment at under-18s that they are challenged and that they'll develop within. We're all scared of winning. We went through a phase in this country where producing winners and producing competitors was frowned upon. And I've never really bought into that with under-18s. 9s to 16s, let them play, have clear measurable targets that are away from results. Under-18s, don't measure your performances and your success by results but have a measurable target to be measured against, if you like. Um, and we believe in the, the process, the, the performance results come with it, but produce an environment where winning is encouraged, where, where you can be the best player in training, that is recognised. When you produce on a Sunday afternoon or a Wednesday afternoon, that's recognised. And that is why we, we're slightly different that we pride ourselves. It's not about egos competing. The, the boys will tell you, Adam, I think we won the league last Wednesday and there was champagne going on the pitch and I was I was sat planning the Romford game because that's the approach I've mm. I've always been brought up on. I, I'm lucky with that was how I was sort of educated. In terms of the players that have gone up, Tom Crawford, I, everyone knows what I think about Tom Crawford. Um, I think it gets missed because he's a local boy and he's really proud of where he comes from and we're really proud to have put a boy with a CH1 postcode out there in the derby his pedigree is above non-league football in my opinion and I am lucky with Tom that I have an unbelievable relationship with him off the pitch I do I, I genuinely think the world of him I, I, and he knows that um, his I can almost then forget that his attributes on the pitch he, he will go as far as he wants to go because he's got the mindset where he's a winner and he will succeed he was gutted on on Sunday like we all were and um, his performance I'm, I'm very critical of, of them as you know but he's an 18 year old lad and I, I genuinely believe he's he's another one that will come through the conveyor belt and, and to the levels above because he's he's an outstanding lad yes but his, his ability and what he might achieve are uh, they are going to be up to him I think and What's next for, for you and the lads then in, in the short term? Um, so I'm learning what will be will be so for us the next target will be competitively in terms of results. Our under-18 season has been jeopardised by the Beast from the East, by Storm Emma and variously other obscurely named yeah. um, hurricanes and stuff that have hit the Cheshire West area. I think we've got about 304 games to play between now and the end of the season. <laughs> we need five wins to win the North Shoot Alliance and Again, people talk about a level of football that we're not in the Football League Alliance. Come and come and watch the games, and then sort of really offer an opinion as to where we're at. Um, 
that would be a massive achievement for for this group of players and we'll enjoy it with so many that have come right the way through our programme. So Ryan Dobson, the captain, has been with us. Brandon Dickinson come right the way through with us from sort of 12, 13, which is, yeah. is big. But the end goal is always producing players for the first team and there will be decisions made at the end of the season on the current crop. And I remain, uh, as I, I sort of touched upon earlier, how excited about the Scholars group. My time at the moment has been invested in the way in which we prepare for competitive games so we'll look forward to the draw next week for the National Cup semi-final uh, like I say we know it'll be an away draw love a home draw for the supporters to turn out and the football club to turn out again um, and show what the football club means to the young players that are the future but I believe we can do something really special here and something that when we look back on I don't think we'll realise what we're doing yet when we look back on the money that's spent the, the income that was generated through the sale of Sam Hughes would have funded the cost to the club for the academy for about 10 years. That is the level of resource that we're working with. Um, and I embrace that. And that there is no job, no academy head coach job, probably at this level of football, like the one at Chester, in terms of the the way in which we, we go about our business, the way in which we have to do it. But there probably isn't a club elsewhere that has the pathway that we have that is now backed up statistically. So the aim will be, let's have more players in the first team next season. Let's see how the current existing academy graduates in that group continue to progress that are in the first team group at present. But I'm so excited about the quality of player. I could I'm not in the, the interest of reeling off names of boys in age groups, but I, I go down our list of the, the older age groups, the fifteens up if you like, that are moving into youth football and you look at the boys that we're going to offer scholars to and you look at the boys that are progressing through the system and we will do something so exciting, so profitable but so special to the football club. And now is the time for it to become a, a focal point of what we do because I think the boys that have gone out there as ambassadors for the academy, if you like, and you talk about a Crofts, a Matty Waters, James Jones, Nathan Brown, Sam before him, those boys that have gone out, they all came through the same system and we haven't sort of deviated too much from the same, the same strategy in terms of what we do when we recruit, develop and produce. And... Um, I believe in the boys in the system that when offered the opportunity they'll take it with both hands and we'll look back and and see what we've done in terms of a production line of, of first team players That's brilliant I mean, it's been absolutely fascinating to, to talk to yourself Cal today and, and Dion, James and, and Ben I mean it's it's very important that we, we recognise in, in some detail what is going on because we see the wins we see the tweets and the social media and everything but unless you it, it's important to have a backstory to how this all comes together um, and it's a lot of hard work from a lot of dedicated people throughout the week as well. So uh, congratulations for uh, for what's been a really successful week and uh, fingers crossed for a favourable draw for the next round. Uh, we'll be back on the podcast again next week where we'll be dissecting the week weekend that is to come. Um, all the shot at home. Um, hopefully my tone will be a bit more jovial, but uh, we shall see. I won't hold my breath. Uh, Okay, thanks very much and uh, see you again next week.